Hello, everybody. Mary Davidson here, co-host of the Better Events Podcast. We are so excited for today's episode. We're talking all about the types of events and event niches in the industry. This is something that we think about a lot when your friends, your family, or just fellow colleagues ask you, what do you do? How do you answer that question? How do you explain to them what types of events you do? There are so many different kinds. And so we're really excited for our topic today. So let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Better Events Podcast. Join two event strategists, Logan Clements and Mary Davidson, who believe we can all create, host, and attend better events. In this podcast, you will learn about event strategy and actions that you can use today as an event host, planner, or manager. Hear directly from the people who are creating innovative and inspiring events today and tomorrow and grow your business along the way. Now, let's get started and thanks for listening to the Better Events Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Logan Clements, and I'm joined by fellow co-host, Mary Davidson. And before we dive into talking about event niches, we're going to start like we always like to start our episodes of Just You and I with a conversation starter, Mary. And this one, we're going to be pretend you're in front of a television screen or your laptop. What's your favorite Hollywood event scene from a TV show or movie? Okay, I'm excited for this. I always think about... How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days at the end of the movie, you know, the pivotal moment when they go to that event with the diamonds and everyone is frosting themselves and she walks out with the really expensive diamond necklace on and that security has to chase her down. But I think about that event a lot because they like take over the microphones and I'm like, what a disaster. I would die if I was like the event planner behind the scenes in that movie. So um, I've always liked that scene. I think it's just kind of funny. So that's mine, but what about yours? Oh, this one is hard to pick a favorite. I feel like I just laugh at a lot of what Hollywood portrays because I feel like it's not correct. I'm thinking of not even – it's not even really an event, but it's more now coming at it from a production perspective. I um, 10 Things I Hate About You and when he uh, – Heath Ledger essentially asks out – um, wow, I'm blanking on bad at actor, actor and actresses' names, but he asks out the girl in the stadium using the stadium microphone system and like a band plays. And the, I just always am like the camera shot angle of it blows my mind as well as the logistics of like, how did he get a microphone? But I feel like that, or I would just think of a quintessential prom scene. And I feel like I can't honestly think of a specific one because there were so many, but that was like my expectation before I even did events was like, oh, this is what they're like. Um, from just seeing Hollywood TV shows, everyone's prom moment. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was trying to pick pick an answer. And I was like, at the same time, I couldn't think of any events. And then on the other hand, I'm like, wait, there's so many that are portrayed <laughs> in movies. Yeah, there, are, there really are a lot, which actually is a perfect segue into our conversation for today. Because we are talking about different event types and niches in the industry. And there, there are a lot, as we just said. So some something that we, Logan and I, come across a lot in events is people asking us what kind of events that we do. And this applies to folks outside of the in- industry, like friends or family or just acquaintances, asking, what do you do? Or what kind of events do you do? And they usually, at least for me, they think, you know, they assume like, oh, like, are you a wedding planner? Are you a corporate event planner? Like, they go to wedding or corporate typically. And then also people within the industry it seems like there also are like some assumptions there, you know, they'll kind of ask like, oh, do you do social events or do you do other kinds of events? And so there's like different categories. I feel like, depending on Mary, I feel like it's even like, it's like, oh, you do birthdays? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not even yeah. like, they don't even think they know the term social event. It's just like, oh, I might have a birthday party coming up. 
<laughs> yeah, seriously. But in the industry, kind of people get those words a little bit more. But even then, it's hard to pin down exactly what type. And so there's, like we've said, there are a lot of kinds of event types. And so we're going to talk about them today and hopefully give a little bit of clarity. So to start us off, Logan, when you first got introduced to the event industry, what types of events did you or what did you think about events and what kinds there were? For me, when I first got introduced to the industry, was probably working as a server at a country club when I was in college. It was kind of like a side, you know, side hustle to make some money while I was a college student. And so I feel like that was my first exposure. So I feel like I knew there was like weddings and barbecues, birthday parties were like things I think I, I knew of. And then from working in this ballroom setting, we essentially, we had like holiday brunches or holiday meals was kind of one event. We did a lot of weddings and rehearsal and all the things that come with that, like rehearsal dinners, um, as well as uh, soror. There's a lot of sorority and fraternity Greek life at my university. So there was also their like formals, which was like their college version of a dance. And so I feel like for me, that was really the gamut. Like I knew there were conferences and things, but I don't think I was just as aware. I was definitely heavier on the social side because it honestly was one of the best ways to start an events because I was like the fly on the wall. You're just a, you're just clearing plates and things like that, that you're aware of kind of what's happening. But you were able to be like, oh, I remember thinking wedding planners were really glamorous and also had the easy job because at like 9 p.m. they'd be done and we still would have to clear and work for like three more hours until guests leave. And then we'd have to flip the room until like two in the morning. So I always was like, how did they get to have fun? So I thought they had a glamorous life when I first first got into it. But Mary, how about you? What, like when you first became aware of or were working in the industry, what types did you think there were? Honestly, I had such a limited mindset, I guess, or understanding of what types of events there were. Like I for sure knew about weddings. I like knew about fundraisers, but never had been to a gala. Um, I never would have thought of most categories. I knew there were corporate events, but I would think like corporate, like, I don't know, holiday parties or something like that I, I'd never been to a conference so that would just like didn't even cross my mind I'm just telling you it was such a limited scope which is crazy like I never I don't think would have at that time I don't think I thought that I would have s- stuck with events and so I just hadn't really explored a lot of different kinds and it took me a long time and even now I hear something I'm like like it hasn't even been on my radar like fashion shows sometimes like I don't know there's just like so many and so I to summarize it I guess when I first got introduced to the industry, I was doing like school type of events. And I know we're going to talk more about what events we did at first. So maybe I'll just start going into that right now. But um, it was kind of unconventional. I was doing uh, events for a really large organization that wasn't nonprofit. And so I was doing fundraising events in one way or another. But it was me traveling around to schools doing events with their um, gym teachers. And so it just was like, different. (laughs) Not your typical type of setup. I would say I was going and helping put on events, um, but I was almost like emceeing them more than anything because I was like the representative of the organization. It was a weird space to be in. I actually loved it. I did it for a while. Um, But from there is when like my mind just started opening about all the different kinds of events because the organization did multiple events. And so that's when I knew there were 5Ks and um, dinners and galas and like other things like that. Obviously, it's shifted a lot. Before we continue, here's a word from one of our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Eventney, the all-in-one event management software solution that we've been loving over the past few weeks. 
Eventney's platform makes it super easy to manage every aspect of your event using one system from vendor and volunteer management to selling tickets and creating interactive maps. I personally love the option that you have for sponsors, volunteers, vendors to fill out applications and even to make payments when applicable all in one place. It really streamlines that back end process. So we want to help you create a less stressful event planning experience. So we've partnered with Eventney to offer an exclusive deal. Sign up for Eventney Pro or Plus Annual and receive a $200 Visa gift card or enjoy two free months of their software. Click the link in our bio or in our show notes to check out the offer and start your stress-free event planning journey today. Before I talk about maybe for me how it shifted, Logan, I'm going to pass it to you. When you started, what did you start with doing in events? You kind of already talked about it, but more so. And then how's yeah. that shifted? Yeah, that was like, I feel like more my exposure. I guess I technically was in the industry by being a, you know, on the more on the catering food and beverage side. But I feel like my first exposure for being the planner and the person actually like executing uh, had to have been a gala. And I at the time had worked for an agency that did both digital marketing and, and events. And I was more the marketing side, but we would often need help scaling as we took on more events. And so I got to go... I'd say do a gala and then also sports tours. Now, not tours as in tourism and and folks going and traveling and doing sports, but like celebrities or big players coming to a country because this was when I lived in China and touring around to meet fans. So doing like fan meet and greets and press conferences. And even like now, I guess I'm realizing it's probably like content capture. Like we were doing like shoots. We would take them to really scenic places and like shoot it all and take pictures and videos you know, to be able to use later. Um, so having this like, yeah, sports tours was one, um, galas, and then very limited, but started to realize what that there were conferences. And I feel like the minute I learned conferences existed for all these weird niches, I say weird in a loving and endearing way because we all have our people. But like once you discover that there is a conference for one thing, there's a conference for everything. Like if you ever want to lose 20 minutes, go on a Google search <laughs> and just Google literally the most random thing in your head and then type the word conference and 10 bucks, they have a conference. Um, And that was one that I think started to open my eyes to like the different outside of the social side of events. Um, And my favorite out of all of those was the sporting events because I liked working with the athletes and the players. And I just, as an athlete myself, like knew their expectations and their needs. And I liked when you're kind of on tour traveling places, you have to be a little bit more thinking on your feet than setting up like an event in one location, executing and being done. Um, So that was kind of very cool for me and to somewhat weird niches. I don't even think if you Googled events, event niches, a sports tour would come up on it or a PR tour. So Mary, how have you kind of like shifted now since that first experience? I would love to tell you, but also I did Google something random to try to see if there was a conference for it. I look very so quick. You're 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 so quick at the quick at the Google, and I appreciate you for it. One of us needs to be. Go ahead, Mary. I gotta give you immediate feedback here. So, okay, I I googled pickles pickles conference, and you know it's a little unclear. I think I need to do a little bit more digging, but I did find one for a company that I think packs pickles, and they have an annual conference. So there is one in one way or another about pickles. If you know about a pickles conference, let me know. I mean, there's literally like listeners, please DM us or message us on LinkedIn with the oddball conference. Again, I love it because it tells me there's so many cool people in this world that there is enough of a draw that they'd want to go to these conferences. But yeah, it's always quite funny. And nothing is better than a place that can host multiple conferences at once and seeing them all have to cross, cross like 
be in the elevator together or grab their coffee together. And it's like a comic con and a sales Uh conference and then like a lawyer conference or a tech conference. You're like, you all should not be in the same place, but I love that you all are. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's super funny to see that. I was like riding in an Uber and going to a different conference. Uh, I think it was, it was like a flooring conference and the Uber driver was like, just across the street, they have the Zumba conference going on right now. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what a fun mix of Zumba and flooring. But you're like, they're yeah. definitely having a more fun conference with. Yeah. yeah <laughs> or sweaty, sure. I guess a sweatier conference. Yeah. <laughs> but so I guess, yeah, with my career and kind of how that shifted from those original school events that I was doing at the beginning. Um, I mean, significantly, like I said, I did that for a while. And then. I mean, I guess not super significantly because I stayed with fundraising events. And I guess just what I did with fundraising had changed a lot. Um, But the opportunity to freelance, I think, is really what opened my world to what other events there were because it gave me opportunities to work other events like and do it in a way where I could do it often. And then I learned a lot. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think just overall, I kind of have like this weird personal goal. I want to like try every kind of event. But it's confusing for business purposes. Like I'm not going to market like how I market what we specialize in is very different because I say, you know, EP events, we specialize in um, fundraising events, community events and corporate events. So I would say perhaps those are three different categories of event niches in the industry. Uh, But I still want to try like all the things. So that's me. It's been a journey. I mean, I think a journey is very, it's a very truthful thing for a lot of people. I mean, we talk about event and that's why this like topic that we're talking about, there's types of events and then there's event niches. Mm -hmm. Even then, I think you could even say like, I don't know, areas of an event. And there's people who just do registration and maybe then only for a certain type of event, like only for fundraisers or only for conferences. So the, I, I, before I share my kind of shift, I guess it's more, hopefully listeners, this is encouraging to you to know that you can, one, you can change. And two, there's so many niches and types that honestly, like your marry your goal is pretty great. I feel like for everybody, they should truly, unless you get lucky and you try it once and you're like, this is what I love. You should try different events. Uh, for me, it's like the, the, what shifted for me when I first started my business, if you had taken 2016 Logan aside, I would have told you, I do everything. I do all the events. I'm happy to do any kind of event. I can do any role. Like I just love events. And I also was like really green and trying to just get experience. But I, I hated the word niche. I remember like talking to people and everyone who was, uh, you know, older, usually kind of in their like 60s, 70s, maybe retired business folks were like, you need to define your niche. Like that's what you should do for smart business. And I really hated that and pushed against it. But I would say now I do. I am more focused on the production side of things. So the way I talk about what I do with Logan Strategy Group is I do anything that has a microphone or a stage or a presentation of some form. And I love that because there's so many events, types of events that need that, you know, portion. And that's not to say I can't do the full event management and, you know, from soup to nuts do it all. But I just, I've realized I do like really just love this part. And I see it as like, it is a stressful part of events for a lot of folks. And I say I can bridge that gap between the super technical AV people and the end client who doesn't understand, you know, what an HDMI cable is. And I can kind of straddle both worlds and help make sure that we have a really smooth event or show. Um, But like that service I do is everywhere from sports, my, you know, entertaining fans who go to watch games live to, you know, I've been doing like, I do Zoom webinars still or a corporate conference or a nonprofit fundraiser, or, you know, it really, it could be anything. Um, So I've really shifted 
I think to being a little bit more specific of what I like to do and some of you, Mary, I'm like open to anything and open to the idea. And it's kind of fun to not be the person in charge and on somebody else's team so that you can learn that new event. And that's like a really safe way listeners to like get to know a new area you've never tried is, I mean, we'd say volunteer, but work under someone in a freelance capacity, volunteer capacity, contract capacity that like really helps just kind of show you the ropes. Um, and that's, that's something I feel like there's always a new different event I want to try. Like there's the ones I could now do in my sleep and they're lovely and I love them, but I also always do want a new challenge and to, to try something different. So, um, my, my goal events, I guess have shifted. I think that's a really great point for sure. And we've talked about this in another episode, but it makes it hard to pitch yourself sometimes when you're like, well, I will do anything. And sometimes I still, I definitely still feel that way. So when I'm like talking with it's actually interesting when you're talking with other industry professionals. I feel like that is a very different conversation because they like understand it on a different level. But with that, it's almost like with them, especially you want to be like, I'll do anything. <laughs> you know how events are like, this is whatever you need. But but yeah, it is challenging. And so as we're talking about these different event types, let's just list some off. And I think we're probably yeah. going to forget some. But once again, these are like types. So we're kind of going like bigger, like more macro, higher level, uh, big one weddings. So big, massive. Um, uh, I mean, I would say sporting events and that already has subcategories because sporting events can include the ones, the professional athletes that you're paying tickets to go to see all the way down to like your amateur, you know, kid events, or even your 5k, your run walks, uh, or your marathons, like that all falls under sports. Yeah, definitely. Which I have to say, sports is not like I never considered those an event until I met you. And once again, I met you around the same time of my introduction to like working for myself. And so it was all a very nice like air time of exploration. But but yes, no idea. Like the fact that there are people who produced um, games and shows that happen like halftime shows and things like that, I never would have known. Like, obviously, it makes sense. But my you mind just is think like it magically happens. It. it just it just happens. There just happens somebody, to be a concert in yeah. the middle of a sporting event. Somebody's in charge, <laughs> but it's not like an event to me. I don't know. Well, it is now, but yeah. previously. Yeah. So <laughs> definitely sports and then fundraisers, we have to say it. And then within that, there are lots of different kinds. Yep. And then school, school events, which I feel like I could put this in a bigger bucket of like education. <laughs> so again, yeah. school events could be and you're going to see crossover listeners like school events could be a, could be a fundraiser. It could be even as like a bake sale, a theater performance. I think education really also then is like we all went virtual with COVID. So webinars, any kind of educational, I feel like a lot of associations, that's technically its own type, I guess, but like <laughs> associations that people belong to, like we are in the Meeting Professionals International Association. So we are a group of people who all do something similar. Um, they do things that are education-based. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And then also, well, this is just very, actually, I don't like this at all, but corporate. What does corporate <laughs> even mean? That one's always frustrating for me. I'm like, corporate, corporate we what? should have probably put as like one. I mean, we did that a podcast episode all about terms. Because I think corporate is like, I just, I would say corporate's the opposite of nonprofit. So it's really like for-profit, but I think corporate sounds nicer than saying for-profit. But, but it's sometimes like, I think- Technically, I think nonprofits could be corporate events because it's companies. To me, corporate is a business and nonprofits are businesses just as much as other people. True. They just have different tax laws, right? That's so, true. I don't know. It's 
complicated. And you know, listeners, tell us if you feel strongly about it. Because I feel like in my head, if I see corporate, I think it's for-profit, just like I can deal with for-profit businesses at a nonprofit event, like you said. But like corporate would be, yeah, it's a company that is making money, not maybe from the event, but they make money. That's that's kind of their yeah. main goal in life. And then it's any kind of events that come under it. So that's like national sales meetings. If they have a sales department, they're probably having a big conference once a year to kick that off. Um, it could also be incentive trips. We've talked about a little bit, I think, on this podcast, which is more like uh, people perform and hit certain uh, you know, key metrics in sales or in performance at the company, and they get a trip. And it's not a, you take this trip whenever you want. It's like, we've organized a trip from September 15th to September 22nd in Hawaii, and you're all coming, and the company organizes that. Um, and it can also be award shows. That's one that kind of goes with sales conferences. Um, but it could also be employee appreciation, luncheons, birthdays, anything that you're kind of doing as a company, retreats. We do a podcast retreat. I guess we could say we're corporate, Mary. Mm-hmm, maybe. <laughs> yeah, we are. I like it. Sounds official. But there's, there, yeah, there's so many. And then community, community events. I think that's a complicated area that a lot Not of people a don't want. Better. But I, I love I love community events, like the idea of at least what I I say they are. Because it's like you're the city of whatever, the city that you live in putting on like a parade or something like that. Mostly yeah, I, a festival. Like yeah, city based, some some um organization or association under the city, which ironically ends up being nonprofit sometimes. So I think that crosses right. over a little bit, but yeah. Like community being like your target. I guess in community, I'd be like my target attendees are people from the community, mm-hmm. which can be so broad. And that's kind of the purpose. Or like your farmer's market. If your neighborhood does yeah. a farmer's market, that to me is a community event. Or a summertime, I feel like they were really advertising a couple months ago here in Seattle, like movies under the stars where you can watch a movie outside on a lawn. Yeah. And that's organized. That's a community activity. Um, so again, it's quite as you you're getting it listeners it's quite broad (laughs) these big buckets of types um and then the next one would be webinars which i feel like you could apply to almost everything that we no one does a wedding webinar anymore really but webinars again more of that virtual but educational um side of things i still see um a couple pr companies actually a lot of pr companies are still doing now press conferences virtual if you look at again my mind lens is more sports but you'll see a lot of um the the sports even like ESPN will show press conference clips that clearly are from them doing it on Zoom and probably using like Zoom webinar or something. So um, webinars can be quite broad. Yeah, definitely broad. And, and any of these could be a webinar, really. Yeah. Like maybe, I don't know, to an extent. Yeah, I said everything but weddings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, festivals, huge could, could mean so many. There's so many popular festivals out there in Seattle. We have, you know, like Mumper Shoot and things like that. Um, I've recently been like really learning about these cause I'm very interested in festivals and there's just so many. It's like what Logan said about the conference thing. Go see if there's a festival yeah. about it. There's and there probably it. is. There's definitely yeah. like crab festivals for people like eating crabs. Yeah. There's, I mean, it's like food, music, crafts. Yeah. Art. What are the things we have festivals about? I feel like those are the big niches. But I yeah. feel like you cover, I'm always like the, into the food ones. So I'm like, yeah, you got it. Yeah. Drinks, I guess you should count drinks in there, you know, wine festivals, beer festivals, all of that. And we can dive more, I guess, into talking, but like under just to help you listeners again, it's like thinking about that festival and like maybe 
you're Mary, you like the food festivals, but you could get approached by a music festival and be like the stage manager or the artist wrangler where you don't even have to know the music really. You're just working with, you're taking stage management skills and you're using that, you know, to help wrangle the the speakers or, or you know, your, your musicians, or maybe you're the logistics person who's helping with ticketing. Like there's, there's so many event niches or even roles that you could copy and paste and do under any of these types of events. Um, and that's, I, I feel like that's very encouraging to me. I always get excited when I like discover, I'm always like my head's on a swivel whenever I go to any event, I feel like just to be like, who's working the event and what are they doing? <laughs> hey there, friend. Are you wondering how you can get more awesome content from Mary and I and the Better Events podcast community? Or maybe you've been loving what we talk about with community over competition and you really want to figure out how you can connect with other event pros. Well, Mary and I are going to be hosting the Better Events conference in December this year, December 20th. And we're so excited because we just launched our early bird ticket sales and you can take advantage of this special pricing all the way up through the end of this month in October. Hurry, run, don't walk. We've got a really cool general admission offer, but we also then have a fun friend of the pod VIP offer that just involves a little more higher touch experience with Mary and I, but we've got something for you. We even have student tickets. If you are someone who is currently studying and looking to maybe invest a little less, but still want to join us, we've got a ticket for you. Again, we're just so excited if you can't hear it in my voice or see it on my video on our YouTube. I, I This has been so exciting to put this together and start to see people already purchasing tickets, investing in themselves, because we are going to have a magical day on Wednesday, December 20th, where we all are going to get to meet each other, connect with each other, and all learn about how we can create and host better events in 2024 so that you can make next year the best year ever. So click the link in our show notes, go over to our social media, our Instagram's probably our most active get your tickets. We cannot wait to meet you. The other types that we want to, we didn't say, well, we said fashion shows earlier. I feel like those kind of are their own category as well. What other types are there? I feel like that's a big one. There's also like, I mean, we didn't really talk too much with trade shows didn't come up, but that's a big one for people. For me, that's Um, like under corporate though, right? I probably put it under corporate (laughs) trade shows being like for what um, a bunch of vendors or companies will come together and they're kind of like showcasing their wares or their product, sometimes directly selling to you at that event or more just trying to like get a lead for you to then become their customer in the future. Um, And then I feel like we haven't mentioned like for some of the social events, I feel like there's also just the social category is everything from birth, you know, life events, I guess, life events, uh, as well as doing like networking events and I don't know, workshops. Uh, I feel like any of that kind of big you know, things you go happy hours. I mean, all of that stuff would fall under social in my eye. Um, but that would be like another category. Yeah. And I think that's like some of the misconceptions too about these um, types is that you were just talking about trade shows and there are people, you know, who only do trade shows. Like, so when someone says that they do corporate events, maybe they do corporate events, but they're only doing trade shows. They're not doing conferences and conventions and things like that. And so I think I just think overall it's a misconception maybe for people in the world i think people in the industry maybe would like figure it out a little bit more but of what what events actually are and what types people do it's pretty interesting i wonder how how folks bridge that gap when they're talking to just anybody too because you kind of have to offer an explanation it'd be so easy to say i'm a wedding planner no offense wedding planners i feel like that's an easier sell though than like there was you know was it j-lo was in a movie called the wedding planner like that that kind of at least taught people a hollywood version of what wedding planners do i am with you mary i think it's 
unfortunately, I think we have to be quite broad when we're talking to most folks just because it is, yeah, it's hard to to explain what you do. And that is, I mean, I'm not kidding. I, I get it a little less now that I've been doing it, but definitely when I was first starting out, I kept being like, I was like, oh, this is like my parents would say it or somebody would be like, oh, this is Logan. She's an event planner. And they're like, oh, cool. You do birthdays? Like I know a friend who has a birthday yeah. coming up. You want to do their birthday? And like it, it was, I was, you'd always be nice and be like, yeah, I do, you know, conferences and other things as well. And um, in my head, I'm like, I don't really want to do birthdays, but there are people out there who love doing birthdays. And that is there. They like love decor and the invitation, the creating the concept with the client and doing all of that. And that's what they love doing. And so that's just not for me. That's not saying for anyone, you know, for you, it's if it's not if it's for you. Um, but yes, I think it is hard. And that's why I've gotten better, at least succinctly just saying, yeah, I do event production, anything with a mic and a stage or a presentation, someone speaking and everyone listening. That's my jam. Yeah, I think that that really is helpful a helpful way for you to pitch it and I could learn from that as well it's interesting too I think like two other main categories could be private versus public Mm, I don't know what private events versus public events I know that matters a lot when you're doing like permitting and things like that but that's a whole other way to wrap your brain around it is if you're inviting the public or not yeah and and you're right there's definitely different regulations based on where you're at and things to be concerned with and like defining a private event would be like your wedding's a private event because you've invited a select number of people to come to your wedding. It's private um, or it's your company's event and you've only invited company employees versus a company event where you're marketing it and you want to make money and you want anyone can come and sign up and there's no criteria or like my sporting events are public events. And there's certain things that we have to make like evacuation announcements before a game starts to let everyone know where the evacuation routes are. And that is like a regulation slash it might even be more just the arenas want you to be safe at that kind of scale of things but you don't have to make an evacuation announcement at your wedding so there's like certain things you got to like take into account but I think a lot of the roles are similar the execution of like what you actually do there is a lot of similarity there so I don't think like and I don't personally like be like oh I only do private events or I only do public but I'm sure there's some vendors out there that do you know specify one and I know Mary you do both yeah Mm-hmm. definitely yeah. well with fundraisers like that different that um distinction is really important so yeah. for sure yeah our events definitely. or public events yeah yeah it changes it all um yeah and then yeah doing parties being a party planner and i'm again we're going to say nothing against party planners because you exist and we love you and you do and some needed. great parties and it, yeah yes it is like that's a niche and an event type in itself and i feel bad because i think the rest of the event industry sometimes looks down on folks who are party planners Um, but I also think it's mainly because we probably have had a lot of people asking if we are party planners and we're not, and you just kind of get, get sick of it. So, um, I mean, I'd say I definitely plan some things that probably get perceived as parties, but that's not in my head how we talk about it in the planning process or even market it. Yeah. So how do you think listeners can determine what type of event is right for them? You know, if you're listening to this you're like, wow, that's a lot of stuff. (laughs) How do they kind of hone in on what could be right for them? Oof. I feel like you can't really know until you try. And that's honestly like the entire event business is you don't know until you try. You can read on paper or you can listen to our podcast and be like, oh, that sounds like something I might like. Uh, or I like to think our podcast actually probably gives you a little more in-depth view. But I feel like until you do it, you won't know if you love it or you know it's not for you. And then always encourage you, no matter what 
the experience was positive or negative to like, I'm a big note list girly. So actually writing down what you liked and what you didn't like, and usually your didn't like list can really help you figure out if maybe try the opposite of what it was. Um, like, and I did, I have tried weddings. I've done two weddings back when I lived in China. Um, and that was helpful for me to figure out. Not that I, it, like, I was like, oh, I can do these. I just won't, I'm not the biggest fan of them personally. I'd rather do other things with my time. But I tried it because then I wanted to be able to be like, yeah, I can do it. The skills are the same. It's just a little more emotions with the couple and things like that. But it's just not, if you could pick one, I'm not going to pick a wedding. How about you, Mary? What did, how do you think folks can help determine what type of events right for them? Like you said, I just think trying it and being open-minded about it. And then also just doing some research. Like I think it's helpful to go on social media like Instagram and just look at what other event people are doing because that paints a, a picture a lot of events. And if you're still not sure, really think about like uh, what's going to help you wake up every morning. Like what are you passionate about? And then what event does that fall under? And how many people do you want to be around? Like maybe you're a huge people person and the idea of working with a thousand people or more is like, what you want to do. So maybe you should be doing like conventions or festivals, or if you're like super okay with like the 30 person corporate, you know, education meeting, just think of all those things and try them. And we're excited for you to figure out what you want to do. And if you have been doing one type of event for so long, that's awesome. But don't be afraid to also try something new. I don't think it's ever too late to expand your horizons. <laughs> yes. If you take away one thing from the episode, it's just try different events. Because you never know. And there's stuff that I always say to some people being a sports person, but also corporate and other kinds of events. Maybe it sounds a little disorganized, but to me, I love it because I get new ideas from each that I can then take back, like great systems from my back on the back end for my corporate events. And I can use it in my sporting events or I get fun, entertaining, outside of the box, wacky ideas for my sporting events. And then I can bring that as something fresh for my corporate clients or my nonprofit ones. So I see it as a strength and I'm starting to see, I feel like more people in the industry are, you know, expanding their horizons. You'll see organizations that did one kind of event and maybe have been adding on, especially since COVID. I feel like everyone was like, I will do anything. Just tell me it's, if it's an event, I'll do it. Um, so I'm interested to see how that kind of shakes out, but don't be afraid to try, try something new. Mary, any final other, other thoughts for event niches and event types? I don't think so. I think we covered it. So this was a, right. a fun topic. I'm glad we, talked about it. Um, yeah. I think my last thing would be, we'll add it in the show notes here, is to listen back to episode, I think it's 72. I'll co write the correct number in the show notes for um, what kind of traits or what what um, what make a great you know event planner, event producer, an episode that we did last season, I think is really helpful. Like this is a nice one-two punch to see traits and then talk about types. Um, so go back and listen to that if you haven't. But without further ado, I think, Mary, it's time for our bonus tip, which you have this week. Yes, I do. So for our bonus tip today, it is based on a story. So one time I slept in and I missed a virtual event that I was working. That was cool. Well, I didn't miss the whole event, I should say. I'm being dramatic. I missed like the first two hours. <laughs> so uh, I learned a very hard lesson that day to set two alarms because what happened is I didn't plug my phone in and I thought it didn't have died and then my alarm didn't go off. So now for every single event that has an early morning call time, I set two alarms on two different devices. So like your phone and your iPod or your iPad. Who uses iPods anymore? <laughs> your iPad or Throw something back. like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, two alarms, two different devices. Take it from me. Don't learn this lesson for yourself. It's not worth it. That's our bonus tip for today. 
That's a great bonus tip, Mary. And you'll probably save some planners, some event stress with that tip. Cause I feel like I barely get good sleep when I have an early morning start, but that brings us to the end of this week's episode. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter or LinkedIn at better events pod. You can send us an email at better events pod at gmail.com or visit our website, bettereventspod.com. And as always, you can connect with Mary and I directly on LinkedIn. We love hearing from you. So keep those requests coming. And as always, we thank you for listening to the better events podcast, and we'll be back in your feeds again next Wednesday. Mm-hmm.